some good news from S&P on Friday. I think everybody can give a sigh of relief that the agency decided to refrain from adjusting South Africa's foreign currency rating uh, to that dreaded uh, sub-investment or junk status grade. Uh, this is really good news because it means that South Africa has managed to win some more time in terms of, you know, passing desperately needed growth reforms um, required to get the economy going again and to, you know, hopefully see a, an improved outlook on, on the fiscus uh, beyond just the next um, couple of months. However, we do need to highlight that um, S&P did decide to, to lower the local currency rating by one notch to triple B, uh, but this is still um, two notches above sub-investment sub grade. In other words, it's the local currency rating is one notch above the foreign currency rating. So maybe um, just to, to highlight some of the key points from that review from S&P, um, one of the reasons why they, they decided to refrain from downgrading South Africa's foreign currency rating, which is the one that everybody um, places more focus on for the time being, is the fact that um, we have seen that South Africa still enjoys quite strong institutional strength. This is definitely a positive, and we really hope to see that um, this resilience of South African institutions can continue to feature, uh, you know, <laughs> hopefully um, not just in the foreseeable future, but uh, you know, that this remains a feature of the country because it is something that foreign investors really look at. Unfortunately, on the, on the negative side, um, it was highlighted that there's still a lot of, you know, political uncertainty in the economy. If we think about, they were, you know, what's happened through the course of the past year, it's been quite a roller coaster ride for South African um, politics. We had a number of events that generated a lot of volatility in the market, and this is something that investors uh, do not, um, you know, it, it does not sit comfortable with them, and they'll keep monitoring developments on the political front uh, to help shape, um, you know, sentiment towards South Africa. Now, in terms of the economics um, of South Africa, growth is still a concern. Uh, we still need to see those um, growth-enhancing reforms. S&P highlighted that, um, you know, government, they keep talking about passing reforms aimed at boosting growth, but this process has been quite slow, and we would like to see um, an acceleration of this process happening. Then one more thing that they're quite concerned about at this point in time is the fact that South Africa's debt levels are rising. And this is a result of, or well, symptomatic of the, the low growth environment because as the economy is struggling and it gets increasingly more difficult to, to extract revenues from the economy, government is forced to resort to um, taking on additional debt to finance their um, spending, uh, you know, their spending obligations. So going forward, what what are the factors that could lead to a possible downgrade? Uh, SMB mentioned that uh, if we do not see an improvement in the economic growth or the fiscal trajectory, that could be something that triggers a downgrade next year. Or if we see institutions being weakened by political interference, that is also something that could trigger a downgrade. So as I said, well, it's definitely some good news that South Africa has managed to avert a downgrade for the time being. There's still a lot of work that needs to be done to make sure that uh, we don't get a downgrade in 2017. 
And then uh, that was domestically and further afield the news this morning that Italy voted against fiscal reform and uh, this has now resulted in Italian Prime Minister Matteo Renzi announcing his resignation. Yes, Sakina. So this is another um, political event on the international front that was perhaps a bit of a shocker to the markets. Um, others similar to this included the vote in the UK earlier this year and then in the US where um, Donald Trump managed to secure that win in the presidential elections. Now what this means for Italy, um, the overwhelming no vote for those fiscal reforms, it immediately generates a lot of instability for the Italian economy, both, you know, well, on a economic and a political front, and this is happening at a time where Italian banks are already incredibly vulnerable. Um, The reason why it's generating this political instability or this uncertainty is that we're now looking at the possibility, you know, we're going to see a change in the political um, leadership, and investors are concerned that this could lead to increased calls for Italy to potentially also um, exit the the Eurozone or the European Union. And, you know, there's a lot of um, concern in the market that the UK was just the first country of um, many to to vote against um, the European Union. And this is definitely going to generate some uncertainty in the markets into the new week. We've already seen the euro uh, sell off quite aggressively to this news to levels last seen back in March 2015. Um, Asian markets are, t- are trading in the red, so that's also a sign of negative investor sentiment. Uh, but maybe just to, to note that last week the ECB did indicate that in the event that this um, Italian referendum generates volatility in the markets, they are ready to provide a backstop, and the way that, that they plan to do this is to potentially buy more Italian bonds um, for a certain period of time. So while we'll definitely see a fallout in the market, um, there could be, you know, this fallout could be... Um, stifled to some extent by investors' uh, knowledge that the ECB is standing ready to um, provide some support where it's needed. And maybe just while we're talking about the ECB, they've got their uh, final policy meeting for 2016 this week. Their decision is due on Thursday, and this event will now, for obvious reasons, attract even more focus than it would have previously given the outcome of the Italian referendum.